Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Looking closely at what John said in his first epistle, in particular the relationship between faith and love and obedience, and uh, you finished yesterday's programme by saying, Colin, that compared to the church in general today, the lives of those early Christians was very much focused on walking as Jesus did. Certainly this was the teaching of the apostles and of John here, and today we're going to start by just seeing this relationship between love and obedience. Now, John gets this straight from Jesus. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And we saw yesterday that he said, uh, we know that we have come to know him, to know Jesus, if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And then he goes on to say, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. And I explained that meant is, is really fulfilled in him. This is how we know we are in him. Now, that means this is how we know that we are Christians. This is how we know that our lives are hidden with God in, in Christ. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. And I explained a little bit yesterday uh, about what that means. Now, in the light of that, John goes on to say, Dear friends, I'm not writing to you a new command, but an old one which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing to you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light, but hates his brother, is still in darkness. Now, I have to explain what John means by this word hate. He does not mean that you're full of venomous hatred towards someone. As far as John is concerned, and, and the teaching obviously in the early church, is you have love, which means you give, you bless, you encourage, you build up, you do that which is positive. This is agape love. It's not emotional love. It's not human love. It's the love of God in our lives. And then you've got hatred. And hatred is the absence of that love. It's not, it's not um, venomous feelings of hatred towards a person. Hatred in this epistle is simply the absence of that love whereby you are living for others and not yourself. So if you don't positively give to your brother, you hate him. If you don't positively love him, you hate him. This is, this is what um, John makes. And I try to bring this out in uh, my new translation, which I don't have in the studio with me today. Otherwise, I'd um, tell you how I translated this. That's very interesting. So it's a very proactive thing, isn't it? Oh, very. So he says, um, whoever claims to be in the light but hates his brother does not actively love him is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother by loving, giving, blessing, serving, encouraging, lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother because he doesn't bless and give and serve and, and live for him is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. 
He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. Now, he is talking, obviously, about people in the church. He is saying there are people in the churches, because this is a general letter he's writing, there are people in churches that come from the two categories, one who actually do the love and the others who don't. And he's saying those that do love, actually in practice, they do it in practice, they walk in the light, they truly love, whereas those who don't do it and put it into practice are still walking in spiritual darkness. Doesn't matter what they say, they might say, uh, oh yes, I love the Lord, but as we saw yesterday, they're deceived, they lie, and they do not live by the truth. And if they're walking in darkness, then they're not properly forgiven, and so the whole thing unravels. They're, they're, they're living in a kind of deception, you see. And of course, Jesus brings this self-same thing out in Matthew 25, when he's talking about the Day of Judgment and the division between the sheep and the goats. What is the difference between them? The sheep did the loving in practice. What did the goats do? They didn't put the love into practice. So they get an entirely different press from Jesus. Um, the ones who did the love share in the Master's joy. They share in the eternal glory. So, you know, this idea that some people have that if you've made some kind of commitment to Jesus, it doesn't matter how you live after that, is just total deception, absolute total deception. It matters very, very much how you live after that, that if Christ comes to live in you, it's not so that you go on living the same kind of lifestyle that you lived before you were a Christian. And so um, John says in verse 15 of chapter 2, do not love the world or anything in the world. Now, he means there, and I bring this out in my translation, do not love worldliness. Um, you've, we've got to love the people in the world, but not to live as people in the world live. If anyone loves worldliness, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful men, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. So he's saying, um, the world encourages the life of the flesh. But Jesus taught us that the flesh and the spirit are totally at odds with one another, and there's nothing good in your flesh life. So there's nothing that would please God in living as the world lives by the standards of this world. So when a person becomes a believer, he has to separate himself from the ungodliness in which he walked beforehand. And now he is called to live in love. He is called to live by faith and trust in Jesus. He is called to live as a disciple who will obey Jesus and therefore bear fruit in the world. He won't try to separate himself from the world, but he will be a witness of the light. He would take the light into the darkness of the world. And so John says, the world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Oh, I do wish 
some Christians would take note of that. You know, this idea that all you do is just make a commitment and just get on with your life, you know, and you'll go to heaven. This, this is not the New Testament. This is not what the New Testament teaches us. And John, who was the closest to Jesus, he understood that God has saved us in order that we might do the will of God here on earth and then go to enjoy our heavenly reward. So how we live has everything to do with our salvation. Yes. It, um, you know, you often uh, hear people ask, have you been saved? I mean, it's not quite so fashionable these days to say it as once it was. But actually, it's the wrong question because the question really is, are you living your salvation? Are you living the saved life? Are you living in the good of what, God of, of what God did for you in Jesus Christ? Are you living in the good of the cross and the victory that Jesus Christ has won for you? Uh, it's, not, it's not a question of knowing that that's what he did for us, but we have to live in the good of it in practice. So um, John is, is well aware of of the tensions and the conflicts that exist um, because we have to live the life of God's kingdom in a world that actually rejected Jesus Christ. And this is why Jesus warns us, well, if they hated me, they will hate you. If they rejected me, they'll reject you. But if we move on to chapter 3, because we, we can't look at everything, then we, we see that he says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and th that is what we are. So in other words, what, what John is really getting at is if we are the children of God, then we better live as the children of God. Not just call ourselves children of God, but to demonstrate by our lifestyle that we really are children of God. Um, he goes on to say, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be um, has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, that's a great aspiration. Okay, there will come the time when, you know, we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye at the sound of the last trumpet. We will become completely like Jesus when we see him as he is. But you see what John is saying, but that is for those who want to be like Jesus. And therefore, they're seeking to live the Jesus life here on earth. Why should God suddenly make like Jesus those who don't want to live like him or be like him? You see, to John, that would make absolutely no sense. So we seek to live like Jesus. We seek to glorify him now. And we know that to a measure we will be able to do that by dependence upon the Holy Spirit and, and upon God's word. But we know also that we shall fail. But we have the blood of Jesus that covers all our failures. The important thing for John is that Christians have the right heart that truly desire to obey the Lord and that is the only way to actually live in love for him. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 